I am Sandy Willette. And I am Nancy Marie. Co-chairs of Beyond the Mass Committee to evaluate scholarly doctoral projects. Next deadline for work to be considered to present on Beyond the Mask is October 1. Please complete the one-page application found on Beyond the Mask webpage to be considered. We look forward to working with you. Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Sharon? Good afternoon. You gonna make it this afternoon? I am. It's been a long day. I'm losing my voice just a little bit too. How's that night go? Oh, you are so nice. I traced all over the city looking. You are so nice. Well, that's because you went to lunch and I had to stay here and continue taping. So I need something on my stomach. But thank you for bringing my diet coat. Well, if you told me, I'd have brought you something to eat too. You didn't tell me. Well, that's okay. In in just a few hours, we'll be at the banquet. Well, I will be at the banquet, so I'll get to eat. Be, uh, I'll still be fasting. <laughs> uh, well, we're still in Seattle here yes, and uh, at the AMA Congress and have had a great time. Met a lot of good people. We've done always, a lot of podcasting. Yeah, I always have a great time. This is my 30th consecutive annual Congress you know, I so, have attended. I think it's so crazy that, you know, the little things that hang on the bottom of your badge, you had to get one that says 25 years attended and one that says five years attended. Actually, I've attended 32 years, but this is my 30th consecutive one. You, you should have got, you know, one with a one year and another with a one year. I know, I should have, but I don't, I don't even know if they got for one for one year. But anyway, I could. I would have had too many ribbons. I would have been tripping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got another great podcast lined up here today, and, and two guests that have actually been on the show with us before, right? But not together. They have not been on together, <laughs> that is true. So we have Tracy Young. Welcome, Tracy. Hey, Jeremy and Sharon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then we have Mr. Jeff Moulter, and just been on a couple of times. I have. Thank you for having me yeah, again. You're like it's great to see you guys. Yeah, you, you guys too. don't age at all. I don't, I don't <laughs> know don't the either, secret. Jeff. No, yeah. uh, good, man. We all look uh, the same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Sharon, you want to introduce what we're going to be talking about today? Well, it's really interesting. This is a new initiative uh, that the AANA is starting, and it was kind of launched or presented to the members a couple days ago in the business meeting by Bill Bruce, and they talked about this new initiative called Room 8, and a lot of people have got a lot of questions about it, so we said, hey, why don't we just go to the source and let people, 
let the board tell us. Um, and since Tracy yeah. is chairing this initiative, we thought we'd get him on here. And Jeff's been actively involved in this. And so let's let's hash it out so we can let the members know. Well, when I first heard it, Sharon says stuff a little slower. So I thought she kept saying roommate. <laughs> and I was like, roommate? What is roommate? You know, are we all moving in together now? Or, you know, what's happening here? So. I feel like I live with you sometimes. <laughs> well, Tracy, you want to kind of introduce this topic? And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty, a pretty neat way to go, actually. I, you know, from a business perspective, I kind of like it. So, No, absolutely. And thanks, thanks for having me on. Thanks for the invite to, to be able to talk about this. This is something we're really, really excited about. It's been well over a year in the making. And we've put a lot of processes and policies in place and, and avenues to be able to start creating an innovation lab within the AANA. And what I mean by Innovation Lab is this is a place where CRNAs could bring their ideas, their thoughts, their processes. Some even came up to me this weekend after hearing about this and said, hey, I have a patent. I think it's a great idea. I don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you need to come talk to roommate. And the thought process is, is we find win-win innovative solutions to be able to help CRNAs either launch businesses or advance existing businesses mm -hmm. through different ways and different ways of whether it be a partnership, whether it be ways of uh, using some shared services. Sometimes it's financial capital. Some of these, some of these businesses just need a little growth capital. So we want to be creative and, and focus on ways that we could find win-win scenarios for CRNAs. And, and the win with the association is, we want to find ways to diversify our revenues as well. Right. We're using, or currently right now, close to 70% of our revenue is all member dues. And in the next 10 years, we don't know what the trends will be for memberships. And we, we want to be able to lay some of the groundwork and plant some of the seeds to be able to have a diverse revenue stream that CRNAs benefit from so that we're a strong, healthy organization for our advocacy efforts on the behalf of CRNAs. I like it. So. Did you model this after any other program out there? Yeah, great question. There, there's tons of innovation labs out there. We looked at multiple different ones. We, we looked at how they uh, structured different types of partnerships. And yeah, so that we didn't reinvent the wheel in that, right. in that area. There's, there's tons of innovation labs out there. And ANA staff, uh, Eric O'Connor, give him a shout out. He's done an amazing job. Uh, David Anderson, the CFO of the ANA, just really building a structure in place so that when we get ideas that come forward or if it's an existing business that comes forward and says, I, I think we can have more value together than being separate, we have a system and a framework in place to be able to vet those. Uh, everything from financial vetting to conflicts of interest vetting, uh, it's a pretty robust process that we've built over the last year. And so anybody who has a, a business or an idea, who do they call? Not Ghostbusters. <laughs> Who do they call about this? So we're setting up a landing page okay. uh, for roommate, and they'll be able to go there, uh, submit their contact information, give a little bit of subject matter about what they're thinking, and that will kick off the process to start having some early dialogue and some conversations to see potentially if there's a fit and, and how we can all help and work together. So many CRNAs have great ideas and they don't understand maybe the marketing to get it launched or right. maybe the, tr the financial tracking that they need. ANA has these resources and we could partner together to help advance everyone. The website's actually www.rm, the number eight lab, L-A-B. So rm8lab.com. They can go there. It's just been set up and it's active and we hope a lot of people apply. We've, we've been vetting 
existing businesses as well. We've had uh, some CRNA businesses come forward in the last three to four months that we've been looking at pretty closely uh, just to find out if it's a good match. So it's called Room 8, not Roommate, <laughs> um, but Roommate. How did you come up with that? Well, Sharon, that's an interesting idea. We, we wanted something tangible, like a place. We, we, wanted, we wanted CRNAs to see a vision of going somewhere for help. Mm -hmm. And a room is a great place for that. Mm -hmm. If you look at the logo, it's an open door. Mm -hmm. So the door is open. We're welcoming people in and we're welcoming their ideas in. The number eight is not a physical room yet, but the eight number uh, signifies and represents the eight original trustees on the Articles of Incorporation of the AANA that started this great association that we have today. So they were the original eight innovators that created everything that we have. I believe it was 1931. Yeah, I what love a great that story. Yeah. Sandy Marine will love that. She will love that. I got to throw a pitch in there for Cleveland because Gertrude Fife <laughs> and Agatha <laughs> Hodgins are the, the two first names on there, and uh, they were practicing in Cleveland, All right. at Lakeside Hospital. And Agatha was Canadian. Yes, she was. Yes, <laughs> a lot of leadership from Ohio right. throughout the years. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. So, Tracy, how, how does it work to determine a good match? You know, I'm sure that there's got to be several layers, a lot of people involved in this process. Um, it's not something that Tracy or Jeff or Bill Bruce or whoever's sitting at the table just says, hey, let's do this. Absolutely. So the first stage is they submit a brief on their business. The brief talks about the business, where they've been, where they want to go and how they think they can get there. That's the first initial step. Then we start we start going we get an NDA a non-disclosure agreement so that, you know, everyone feels comfortable about having open dialogue related to the business. From there, we start interviewing the business. I say we. We, we have a, a panel. I'm chairing the panel this year. We have great CRNAs on the panel. We have some that have patented devices. Um, Amy Bateman Shepard, she patented mm -hmm. the co-pilot advice. She's on the panel with us. Uh, David Gomez uh, owns a mm -hmm. uh, positioning device. I think you guys may have interviewed him in the past. Roxanne McMurray creator of the McMurray Airway is on. So we have, a, we have a really diverse group of CRNAs that have been in this creative and innovative space that have taken things to the market already. So then we start meeting with, with the individual after they bring stuff forward. And from there, it starts getting into a lot of the technical and, and financial issues. But while we're meeting them, we're exploring conflicts of interest. We're looking to make sure that if there's a member benefit here or whether or not it's purely a commercial product, um, so we start looking at those things early on. The vetting process is multi-legged stool, and there's many layers under each leg of the stool. The risk assessment from a financial standpoint, the market, how big is the addressable market? Uh, the lift, how heavy of a lift would it be to get to that market? Uh, the technical aspects, is it scalable, is it not scalable? Uh, and we measure all of these criteria. It goes, it's actually quite exhaustive. I've just barely touched on them. We measure all these with a weighting scale using Fibonacci sequences. Mm -hmm. Eric O'Connor taught me what Fibonacci sequences were. <laughs> uh, it, it adds a lot more importance to the numbers when you're thinking about them in, in that way. And we do a risk analysis, essentially, risk-reward analysis. And at the end, there's a, there's a number that's collated. All of the panel does it. 
we get we review the numbers and we decide whether or not this is something that we want to maybe take next steps forward and start having having more in-depth discussions. Tracy, I thought you were going to start going into technical analysis <laughs> and coming into my world and talk about Fibonacci retracements and you know stocks and so forth. I started to get really excited. I know. Sharing, I'm watching you, know you right now. It looks like you just had a cup of tea, how you do right <laughs> after tea. So, Jeff, you know, let's talk about the goals of this. And the verbiage was partnering with the AANA. So I'm assuming that means that not only is it going to be beneficial for the people who come to the AANA, but for the AANA. And, you know, the AANA is near and dear to my heart. I've given it lots of years of my life. So tell me how this will benefit the AANA. Yeah, um, thank you for all your service to the AANA. And I, I hold the AANA the highest regard myself. Um, I just think that, as Tracy said earlier, um, this is going to give members opportunities to uh, maybe launch their businesses or their projects. And it would be nice to see that there's some kind of, you know, mutual benefit to them, the members and the association. So with the task, with the innovation panel, I think uh, when I first heard this idea, I like almost came out of my seat because I feel like if we were doing this 10 years ago, um, just imagine where we would be. And but the fact that we're doing it now, I think moving forward I just see great opportunities for our association and for our members. Yeah, and I mean, part of this, you know, I've, I've been around this association for just a little while myself, 20 plus years. But, you know, I've heard for years from, you know, different layers of CRNAs and CEOs and management, you know, non-dues revenue, non-dues revenue, non-dues revenue. Tracy hit on that a minute ago. I mean, when you rely on members just for revenue, if members decide they don't want to be members anymore, what happens to the association? Yeah, you're exactly right, Jeremy. And, and one of the number one things at the ANA is advocacy. We've heard it from our members, and it's one of our largest goals and, and, and things here. And you need two things for advocacy. You need people and you need money. Hmm. And, and you need money. And you need money. <laughs> and I mean, there's no doubt about it. And yeah. I know every year we're, we're looking at our bylaws and, and trying to change dues. And, you know, we're a very dues-heavy organization. And um, we've seen chart after chart of other organizations similar to ours. And ours is very lopsided in that we rely on member dues. So we're coming to the members and the members are coming to us every year, you know, talking about changing the dues. Well, we need other ways of making revenue. And as you guys know, meetings used to be a huge revenue generator for the ANA. Yes. And COVID obliterated that. And I feel like we're kind of coming back from it, but... Um, well, they thought the NBCRNA and recredentialing was going to kill it. And yeah. That didn't kill it, yeah. but COVID kind of did. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the non-dues revenue is, I mean, this this is huge. What's I mean, the benchmark? I don't even know for uh, associations. Healthy, about 35, maybe 40% of, not, of revenue from dues. Okay. Uh, so basically the inverse of what we are. Okay. So we are twice as much with the math there yeah, I, get right. Right. Did, I get that one good. right i get that one right look your coke is kicking in over there <laughs> I mean, so, you know as I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to this you know one thing i mean i think again from a business aspect i think this is great especially if you've got the right people vetting the process you know and going through all this with the businesses um, because businesses can be complex and you never know on the back side whether it's going to be successful or not you just do your due diligence on the front and you invest in that how does that process work? Absolutely. So in the diligence process, we're, we're looking at what is investable. 
right? Whether or not there is a monetary gain. But not everything we're going to do in Roommate is going to be investable. There's going to be some shared services. What I mean by that is maybe CRNAs need some of the marketing power of the AANA to help them get off the ground. Sometimes they need just financial resources of accounting and some basic things. Uh, sometimes they need business coaching and, and how to build business plans. We really want Roommate to be a place where there's going to be a lot of experts in the business and helping businesses get started and helping businesses grow. So in the, in the diligence phase, th those are the things that we're looking at is how heavy it's going to be a lift, the lift it will be, and uh, really what the addressable market is and how we can work together as a partnership. So it's not always going to be a complete partnership. I mean, it could just be that they're using the ANA's marketing abilities, and then there's some sort of revenue share, I guess, on the back end. Is that the way it works? Uh, it, it depends, okay. right? Uh, and it depends on the model. And sometimes if, if they're using A&A marketing services, maybe they'll get to pay for it. Maybe it's at a discount. Maybe it's at full price. But maybe A&A gets revenue from each lead that's generated from A&A's marketing services. There's, there's so many different ways that, that we could find win-win solutions for anyone that wants to come into Roommate. There's not a cookie-cutter template. Uh, there's, there's a lot of options available. There's a lot of levers to be able to pull to find win-win solutions. And there's, there may come a time when Roommate is extremely well-funded and doing well. And someone comes in with an idea and say, we could give grants. Mm -hmm. Nothing back in return to potentially, and we could have a process for that, where we can look at options to be able to give businesses grants to get off the ground. This is forward down the years, but uh, maybe in return for that grant, if they do really, really well, maybe there's partnership opportunities or, or maybe there's a, there's a part of a contract that when milestones are hit, different things happen in return for those, those services. But I, I don't want to be prescriptive <laughs> because every situation is, is different and every right. business owner is different. Every entrepreneur is different. And creativity is really where we want to find uh, it's the niche that we want to be. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. So what would you say to members who are listening to this podcast and saying, you said you might front financial capital. You're using members' money to front financial capital for somebody, for a business that may or may not succeed. And now I hear you saying that, you know, you've got a process in place, but sometimes businesses fail. Oh, 100%. Right. So when, well, let's when, hope they don't fail 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a, uh, that'd be a swing and a miss. Yeah. Now, we, we, we talked about this a lot early on. When you're dealing with startups, there's going to be some failure. Uh, and you can't be scared to fail. Uh, there's going to be some singles that are hit. There's going to be some doubles. There's going to be some grand slams. There are going to be things that will transform how the AMA looks going forward. The AMA is a great example of that. They have $1.2 billion in assets, and their membership revenue is extremely small. Well, that's because they total. have a low joining rate. <laughs> <laughs> but when you talk about grants, when we look at things, we look at what could be a member benefit and what could be a commercial enterprise, too. So maybe if it's a member benefit, we would have to develop something like that in-house anyway. So if, potentially, if it's a grant, it's a member benefit, 
something we can partner and work through with someone that brings those ideas forward. The ANA spends a lot of money on a lot of things that don't always bring money back, right? Um, or not tangible dollars. So there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to look at uh, ideas that are brought forward. Yeah. Jeff, you want to add anything to that? I mean, I think Tracy hit the nail on the head. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was rambling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that, that I was sitting here thinking, of, where is that capital coming from? Yeah, so when you talk about where capital is coming from and, and where some of these things are housed, we keep talking about the ANA. The ANA actually has a for-profit arm called AAMS. It's where ANA Insurance Services lives. And the, the vision is, is that a lot of these things will be in the for-profit arm potentially, and some of the money used for the investments may not all come from member revenue, okay. right, or member yep. dues. Some may come from the for-profit entity and these, these new creative ventures. A lot of them will live in the AAMS for-profit side, okay. and some that are more member benefit heavily will live on the AANA not-for-profit side. You know, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking through this, and this is really not anything new for a and I mean, when they started ANA Insurance Services, wasn't this the exact same thing, Jeff? 100%. Yeah, hey, listen. 100%. It's, I've got something to add to this. Go ahead. Okay. As I say, and AMS has been highly profitable for our, our association. It's been unbelievable. I yeah. bet you guys don't remember we used to own a travel agency. Did not know that. And it was under AAMS. Did not know that. Yes. I served on that board wow. <laughs> for uh, AAMS and insurance services. Also, well, do you know who that came from, people? Mm -hmm. All right. This is where history does uh, serve a purpose. And I still went to the Purple Rain concert, Tracy. We'll have that, we'll have that discussion um, later on. But Peggy McFadden had the idea for us to have our own insurance services. And it's been absolutely one of the most profitable things. And it's kept AA&A afloat in years past. But we had a travel agency also. And, and that was during a, a time when you couldn't book your own travel. And so everything went through that. But then um, I was on the board whenever we disbanded. Uh, I was on that board whenever we disbanded the travel services because with the internet anybody could book yeah, their own stuff but true. it was it was profitable till it wasn't attention nurse anesthetists are you ready to take the first step toward being your own boss well join us for a deep dive into the world of 1099 work with the upcoming workshop understanding the 1099 landscape for CRNAs. Discover the key differences between W-2, PRN, and 1099 work, and equip yourself with essential knowledge, tools, and real-life case studies to make a confident switch to 1099. Not only will you earn up to 5.75 Class A CE credits, but you'll also have the opportunity to learn from the industry's finest, Jeremy Stanley, Sharon Pierce, and more seasoned experts. Plus, enjoy the vibrant sun and golden beaches of Fort Lauderdale while you're at it. This event, approved by the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology, is set for October 19th at the luxurious Marriott Harbor Beach Resort and Spa. Register now and take the first step toward being your own boss and potentially unlock higher earning potential as a 1099 employee. You can register right now at 1099workshop.aana.com. We'll also link to that in the description of today's show. This is an event not to be missed. We'll see you in Fort Lauderdale. So a little while ago, you know, we talked about, you know, innovation labs out there. Are there other associations that have done this, Tracy? 
Not many. Okay. I think this is, makes us relatively unique. It's being, okay. being a lot more creative in the trade association space. Most of these are kind of civic products, uh, projects for, for communities where they want to develop businesses within their communities and they could become employers and pay, have a tax base in their community. So it's a little bit different for associations. There are some, but not many. Yeah. All right. So again, going back to our listeners, um, what kind of businesses do you think this would would pertain to without going and, and telling all your business right now, <laughs> playing uh, on those terms? But CRNAs, not everybody are not a, everybody is entrepreneurial thinking. I mean, we've had these discussions. Well, so I'm just trying to let listeners understand what this might look like. Uh, you know, and that, that's one of the things I was thinking of. And it, it's, I think it's good to get this word out here and start talking about this because the majority of CRNAs overwhelmingly are not business people. Mm-hmm. You know, Tracy, you definitely are. Jeff, I know you've had some business dealings over the years as well. But the majority of CRNAs aren't. So this might be really hard for them to get a grasp right. on it. If you've got a W-2 CRNA who's really never owned a business and they're hearing this, they're going to go, oh, crap, they're putting my money in the stock market. <laughs> you know, I mean, you want to talk to that? Absolutely. So a lot of people think entrepreneurs are creative. It can't be further from the truth a lot of times. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Almost none of them are creative ideas, right? Yep. An anesthesia management company is not a creative idea. So when you say what this will potentially look like in the future, I'm not creative enough to even envision that. But we have 60,000 CRNAs out there that have, look, maybe 100 ideas, two or three of them may be really great, (laughs) and 90-something of them may be really bad ideas. I don't know. So I don't know what it's going to look like until people start coming forward. And when you mentioned that CRNAs don't have that business knowledge and experience, that's the CRNAs that we want to help with their ideas because we can house that knowledge and experience inside the association, I'm sorry, inside the lab of roommate. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what I keep thinking about is all the nurse anesthetists who are going into the aesthetic business right now, and that would include me. Yeah, yeah. And what would that look like to have somebody help you do something that you have no idea how, how to handle a business? Yeah, I'm, I'm not in the aesthetics uh, area, but... I'm sure we, I mean, there's already a lot of CRNAs out there I know in that in that business and in that niche, and maybe they could present something to our uh, innovation panel or come forward with an idea on how to open up a, uh, a meta spa or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. So, um, but there are definitely a lot of areas out there that, you know, I don't have a lot of knowledge about, but I know that our 60,000 members have knowledge about, mm-hmm. so... And, and even, uh, sorry, Jeremy, but okay. in, in thinking about the aesthetics business as well, if they want to get started, maybe they don't even really know how to create a business plan or mm-hmm. to run a pro forma to be able to model whether or not their, their business plan for aesthetics could be profitable based on their local demographics. It may be a scenario where they come to roommate and say, help me with this, right? Something as simple as that. So it, it's, it's wide ranging, but we want, and if you've seen the logo, it's an, it's an open door. I saw that. We want an open door for CRNAs to come forth and see how we can work together and how we can help each other. Now, Tracy, you know, anytime you're doing something like this, it, it, it takes capacity um, and it takes resources. You want to talk to that a little bit about the resources available right now? Absolutely. They're minimal. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love so, the honesty. <laughs> no, so we're so we're, we're building resources and we're building capacity. And, and what's going to be happening is, is it's going to be a lot of shared resources. So it's going to be folks that are working on the finances of the ANA, maybe helping with some of the finances of some of some of the business we bring on. We're being very strategic in how we look at businesses. So the Block Buddy acquisition is something that is already revenue positive, generating revenue, and it is built. It yeah. is a solid platform with great content. We don't have to do a lot with it early on, right, when it comes in, because it's already there. It's already generating revenue. That revenue could be reinvested into more staff in the innovation lab to start providing more expertise. And then we have this great toy of this great platform. How do we go out and use it? How do we make, how do we get members to benefit from it? And there's a lot of ways that can happen. There's a lot of ways that may look. But the question is right now, we have a positive cash flow business that is now being housed inside the innovation lab. And then the, that money can be gone, can be used to add resources and staff and expertise. Yeah, and I would imagine you've got to have a few, I'm not going to say trials, but you've got to have a few you get into motion to actually see how this is going to work. So we've got Block Buddy, which you mentioned, and there was another one that was introduced at the conference. You want to talk about that? Um, that's our um, motion platform, which is, uh, if I could explain it in a simple way, it's almost like a Zillow for, for jobs. And it's unbelievable. You pull up a map of the United States, you could zoom in, you could zoom out, and every little healthcare facility in the country is going to have a dot on there. You can click on the dot. It's going to give you information about you know, people that work there, people are able to create a user profile. Like I went on there and created a user profile and I put myself at the facilities where I work. People could click on my facility. They could see that I work there. Um, it's it's going to have a detailed information about uh, job postings. Um, I mean, it's it's going to revolutionize the job market for CRNAs. Wait, wait, wait. And, now I got to ask, did I just hear you say that you will know if people will use the platform, I will know that Jeff Moulter works at XYZ if, Acme Hospital. If I opt into letting my profile be viewable, then yes, you'll be able to see that I work at Well, that, that information could be huge in the av advocacy market. And I'll tell you why. Because all of our data comes from where we live, not where we work. Yes. And we struggle all the time with our legislators and uh, policymakers to give them true data about where CRNAs are working at. Absolutely. And there's going to be a filter on there. You can filter out just like Zillow, you know, how you could pick certain things that you're looking for and you're gonna be able to filter things. And, um, you know, it's, it's really unbelievable. And there's a little video that, that Drew Riddle made. I mean, God, Drew does everything. He's even an actor. <laughs> I know. He's I mean, got he great that. facial yeah. expressions. Um, that was perfect. I mean. And he uh, drinks coffee. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, this guy. Oh, I told man. him I used to could raise my eyebrows like that once I, a long time ago. I just put a stop to it. <laughs> I think someone glued that coffee cup in his hand. Though, I've seen him give presentations and that thing. You know, you can knock Drew over and he doesn't spill his coffee. But, you know, I was talking to our CEO recently, Bill Bruce, and he said we have uh, more employers uh, signing on this week early to wow. go on motion and mm -hmm. uh, put jobs out there. But, you know, the, the filters that you apply to this are going to let you, um, like in the video, Drew talked about since the conference in Seattle, hey, I'm going to click the Seattle market and then he could get notifications when jobs open up in the Seattle market. So know? it's already 
that platform's already up and it's, listeners it's already up, um, where how do you find it um i believe if you just go through our website but you're gonna have to log in with your member id mm-hmm. and your username because this is going to be a member benefit, benefit. um if you're not an a a member you're not going to be able to access the platform you know it sounds very so. similar to linkedin i mean linkedin has a a very similar feature as well. So really, that must mean you've got the premium. Yeah, I, I do. I do. <laughs> Saving it for the end, man. It's the teaser. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, president of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists, inviting you to attend our 15th World Congress for Nurse Anesthetists, May 3rd through 6th in Brisbane, Australia. There is truly something there for everyone. Come hold a koala kangaroos out of your hand, or if you're really adventuresome, climb one of the world's three climbing bridges. Australia has something for everyone, and I can't wait to see you there. Well, let's back up for just a minute to something that we talked about a little bit earlier, about the acquisition of BlockBuddy. Jeff, didn't you have something to do with BlockBuddy? Yeah. Actually, you guys had me on your podcast. I think yeah. it was when the first yeah. six months when you guys came on. You had Episode me and, 34. Okay. Yeah. You had me and Scott Eregel on there and, you know, we created Block Buddy and it was, I mean, an unbelievable experience. Um, you need to and, listen to that podcast. It's really good. <laughs> oh, I send it to all my family and friends. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, you know, I did have um, some concerns uh, from members after they, they heard this information that, Somehow I benefited from this and I just wanted to clear the air that, you know, you come on the board of directors, we all follow a conflict of interest policy. And then every year we have disclosure statements that we fill out. And when I came on the board of directors, I was a minority owner in BlockBuddy and I disclosed that in my, in my statements. Um, Scott bought me out. It was at least a year and a half, if not longer ago. And I filled out another disclosure statement when I sold my share. So I do not benefit financially from the A purchasing BlockBuddy. And I had nothing to do with the decision-making with BlockBuddy. Um, I did sit on the finance committee, which um, had discussions about these purchases, but I recused myself sure. of any of the, the voting or the discussions on BlockBuddy specifically. So, Well, I will tell you as a previous board member and a previous president, that is taken very, very seriously. And I'll give you an example. I know this happened to Janice Islar. She was an expert witness for a case and even went so far as to disclose disclose that. She had already started that process before she got on the board and it was finalizing. But, you know, that made me think, and I've never, I used to do a lot of expert testimony, but what if I had to testify against an AANA member? And so I, I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they take that stuff very, very seriously. Wanda Wilson did, and I'm sure that Bill Bruce takes it very seriously, too. Absolutely. Well, you know, just this whole conversation makes me think about, you know, the transparency of this process. Um, if members want to know more about what's going on in this process, how do they find that out? I believe they could reach out to, to ANA staff, either uh, Bill Bruce or Eric O'Connor. Uh, I'm happy to answer questions about it as well, but there's there's certain things that can't be transparent, right? right. When you're doing a private acquisition, you don't want other people to know what how much money you made for it. It's personal, right. Right? right? But you have to be able to rest assured that we have strict processes and policies in place on how we look at things, how we value things. 
And we have criteria for levels of approval before any investment is done. And it, it's been set up to be a robust situation where there's hopefully it's uh, above any repute. Conflicts of interest are discussed and clear before we ever move to due diligence in the next stages, which you know sometimes takes months, quite frankly. I have one more question. You alluded to the fact that you had acquired BlockBuddy and that you were going to use profits to funnel back into the business. Is that what is the, the plan? Um, instead of all the money going to the general fund, for instance, or, or do y'all have a, a plan in place that so much money is going to go back? I, this is way out of my territory, no, but no. I think you understand I what I'm trying too. to ask. Yeah. No, and that is a great question, right? So when we're building something, we're building a base so that it can expand upwards. And uh, early on in this, we want to build the expertise, uh, start generating revenue, start start getting uh, counsel involved and making sure where when people come in for legal advice. And uh, we want to build a base so that we can build up from it. And there's going to become a time where the revenues are just going to keep flowing up once the base is built more. Um, but early on, we want to reinvest into the innovation lab as opposed to pulling all the money out of the lab and the lab being an empty shell. That's really not not a good. We don't want someone to come to the lab and say, I need help with this. And we don't have the resources to be able to help. them. So as we build this, the revenues will keep kind of piling on top of it. And then that's where it will start siphoning off the top. That's where All it starts right. going yes. back to the ANA for advocacy. That's that's my vision for it. Okay. Uh, if we don't do it that way, then we have to take more ANA money to build the base. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. It good has to point. come from somewhere. Jeff. I just want to go back to BlockBuddy too. You know, I, I've seen a lot of questions on Facebook regarding, you know, the app and is it going to be free to members and are things changing? Well, for the time being, the app is the way it's always been. I mean, for the current subscribers and users, you're going to keep using it the same way you always do. Yep. For people that want to purchase it right now, you can purchase it the way you always do. Um, you know, this literally, this transaction just happened right before this meeting. So, you know, the details will be worked out from members. Uh, we had people um, asking about residents and students getting discounts. I mean, we're we're going to work through these things at the association for for the BlockBuddy app. And the other thing that I think is is awesome about BlockBuddy is that we actually now own a product that, other than there's going to be other people purchasing this app other than CRNAs. Hmm. I mean, think about that. Other medical practitioners are going to be purchasing an app that this association owns, and I think. I think that's phenomenal that we could bring in revenue from other people that are non-CRNAs. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Anytime we can bring in more revenue, it's a good thing, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Well, I think so. So, yeah. you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you said this this thing is already profitable and already making money. And so that money is just going to go right back into the, the coffers and continue its growth and so forth, which is ultimately how you run a business. Tracy? We're going to try to wrap up here. Any concluding thoughts from you? I can't stress enough how excited I am to be able to be working on this project. The ANA staff has been amazing. We, we spent hundreds and hundreds of hours over the last year building this into something that CRNAs can be proud of. And they may not remember me in 10 years, but hopefully in 10 years, they'll be seeing the fruits of this, the, the efforts that we put forth in this year. Jeff, anything you want to add? I think that this is a whole new future for our association and for our members and um, i couldn't be more excited i think it's 
I think it's a phenomenal idea, and I, it, it's nice to see our association being a little bit more progressive and, and yeah. taking some calculated risks. I, I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sharon, do you have anything to say? No. No. All right. Well, that's a first. Speechless. <laughs> speechless. <laughs> you left, left Sharon speechless. That doesn't, that, that doesn't well, happen very often. No, let me go back and say it would be interesting to ask Peggy McFadden what members said whenever she came out with the thought of uh, starting the insurance services. And I'm sure there were some some pushback. Yeah. I would I would guess. I would guess. But um, we'll have to ask her about that. Well, yeah. And, I, and you know, I, I think, you know, as we're sitting here talking about this as well, you know, I think that eventually – you're going to have to have more revenue in the association. And there's only a few ways to get it in. I mean, you can increase dues, um, you, you know, which is not going to make probably the majority of people happy. Or you can, while you're doing okay, you can try and look at other options that raise revenue. And it sounds like that's what's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. And Sharon, one thing came to mind when you, when you talked about uh, Peggy McFadden. She didn't have social media back then. Oh. <laughs> Lucky That her. is true. That yeah, is true. that is, you, you know what? That is a very, very good point because yeah. you get a lot more criticism now, I think, than you got then. And you didn't have email. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, just had voicemail. And the growth of our association, I mean, we have 60,000 members now. I mean, yeah. 10 years ago. 45,000 maybe. I mean, oh, I put all those so, numbers up whenever I was president. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 60,000 members. Yeah. That's crazy. Jeff, Tracy, thank you. Thank you for all you do for the CRNA community. I know both of you and Sharon as well give, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of hours of your own time for the benefit of every CRNA out there. And, you know, it's, it's not always appreciated uh, by every member out there, but. Um, I think we have to recognize that you guys have the best interests of this association at heart. You're trying to do the best with the knowledge you have now, and there's checks and balances built into the system all the way through. And um, you know, just thank you for all you're doing. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Sharon, I think it's a wrap. I think so. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855 855- 304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support.
Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.